Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hashtag no music, no intro. I mean, we're, we're going to sp- start spoiling our fans, man. We we did the recap show, Monday Night Football, Jack Saints. Um, but you know what? I said, we have to get our dude, John Shipley, of yeah. Sports Illustrated, Maven, before he was a big beat reporter, he was just on Jack's Twitter before then. He was on the draft countdown forums, man, to see your your career, man. It's special, I appreciate, man. It. Special. I appreciate it, bro. And you, you know, always hoping, you know, no nowhere to go up, nowhere to go up but up. You know, I lo- lo- love what I do, man. And you know, same Twitter, you know, ever since I've you know started. You know, get into football Twitter. Saints Twitter, I've always said, been one of my one of my favorites. And you two guys are a big reason why, man. I, I love Saints fans. Uh, man, we appreciate you, man. And I always say, like, Jake's, Jake's Twitter just cool, man. Like, Whoa, whoa. Well, they, they, they are, well, dude. We talked about it on the recap show, bro. Oh, oh but we're we, we going to get there. But I, oh, I was on vacation. I, I was on vacation. <laughs> Let, let's, let's, let's talk about it from the jump, bro. Like, you know – I've always admired Jack's Twitter because I feel like Saints Twitter and Jack's Twitter are kind of like cousins, like just lovable losers. Like I know the Saints got their Super Bowl, but yeah. just in terms of just being bad teams at times, or just I was gonna hopeless. say Jack Jack's fans are trying to lose like the Saints. <laughs> <laughs> so I've always had like it's like we have that 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 misery together. So whether it was Eric Stoner. Kevin from Duval, like whoever, right? You want to name, you know, in Jack Twitter. And then, like, before the preseason game, like, people who I didn't know of Jack's Twitter, like, these aren't, like, the heavy hitters, like, would just come in after, like, Saints Twitter was some just, bro, like, I was aghast by some of the shit. I, that, I, I'm like, what? I, 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 I knew Jack was going to get we're gonna get their stuff kicked in. <laughs> the second I saw Jags fans talk, talking wild about a preseason game, I'm like, y'all, y- y'all know you're just setting yourself up for you know jokes. Right? Like the fact that Trevor Lawrence walked away from that game, like if it's just on walk with both legs, is a miracle. Because I mean, they 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 were they were asking asking for it. They were so let's let's talk about the game. So we wanted to get you on. Obviously, we we recapped the game on the on the pod already, but you covered the Jags, and we wanted to get your impression of just what you saw from the Saints um, being kind of an outsider when you when you watched the game. For sure, for sure. So, yeah, well, wh- wherever you want, wherever you want to start, man. Like, what what were just some of your things that just stood out yeah. to you um, about the Saints when you when you watched well, the game when they played the well, Jags? Adam, you and I have talked about you know, the Saints quarterback situation, you know, like I feel like countless times over the last few years. I mean, you, you, you know where I stand. I, I, I'm, I, I've been on, you know, even on team Jameis over Taysom, even if I think Jameis is a roll that dies of himself. But I just, I felt like watching that game, the difference between Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill was substantial. And that was even factoring in the fact that Taysom Hill was going against a second string Jaguars defense that, 
doesn't exactly have, you know, a lot of, like, frankly, a lot of NFL caliber defenders on it. You know, I, 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 I thought that Jameis was clearly, you know, the better quarterback. The offense just moved better with him. You know, it looked like they could do some of the stuff that they like to do with Breeze, you know, before his arm became, you know, like skyline chili noodle. Yeah, you know, like something like the deep play action passing, especially down the middle. And it, 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 it just seemed like Jameis was – fitting into what the Saints were liking to do on offense. And then when they brought Taysom in and, you know, he was basically asked to play a traditional quarterback role, you know, I know it's just the preseason and they would have a lot different things for him in the regular season. It just, he, he, he just looked awkward out there. So my perspective from the Saints really was that, you, you know, I, I, maybe the two teams with the dumbest quarterback battles in the league, you know, played on Monday night because <laughs> I don't know where either one of them. That's a there. perfect take. Perfect, bro. I don't know what I don't know what either, either one of them are doing, man. And like I said, I know it's a preseason. J- Jameis Winston probably never goes nine for ten again. <laughs> you know, the start of any game in his life. But I think just stuff like that, you know, that deep pass to Callaway. And then I mean, I, as far as defensively, I know I know, you know, the Saints lost some pieces in the front seven. You know, one of those pieces, Malcolm Brown, has played really, really well for Jacksonville. Oh, uh, you know, as the uh, uh, as they've moved to a three, four, but I mean, I, I thought the Saints' defense was still, you know, they controlled the line of scrimmage, albeit against a line that was missing a few starters and yeah. they're still really physical in the secondary. You know, I'm not going to pretend to know who some of the guys who deflected passes are, because I know like <laughs> two of the Saints' defensive backs, but I mean, they're getting, their hands, on, they're getting their hands on a ton of footballs. You know, tell me you don't know who Kenny Crawley is? Crawley Clamps? Oh, some respect <laughs> on it, man. <laughs> No, I'm just joking. No, he was literally jobless last year. So, <laughs> but, hey, uh, and, and that that that's what the Jags do, man. You know, he goes from jobless to you know they play him in a preseason game. Jameis goes nine for ten, and he looks like Revis Island. Yeah, yeah, man. It, it, it was interesting. I try not to take too much from preseason. You know, just look at individual performances exactly. and uh, stuff like that. And and you know, I mean, look, the Jags look rough, but man, look, I can tell you. Like when you rebuilding, I mean you look, you follow the Jags, so you know the rebuilding process um pretty well. But like I remember the Saints in like two thousand six when Champin came in, man, they looked horrible in the preseason. Like horrible. I think I just watched one preseason game that year. And I was like, Oh man, like I gotta I was thinking like I gotta find another team, man. I'm so sick of this. Cause I was like already <laughs> I was like already kind of pissed at the Saints because they tried to move the team during Katrina and all that yeah. shit. So I was just trying to like, you know, but you know, they drafted Reggie Bush, they brought brought in, brought in Drew Brees. So I was trying to, you know, buy back in. I saw, I saw they like one preseason guy, like, man, these dudes look terrible. They look horrible. But you know, they wind up having like a 10 and 6 season and you know, things were looking brighter after that. So and and you know, you have Trevor Lawrence. It's like you could always fall back on that, you know. I mean, my yeah. only question during the game, I was just like, get him out of there. I was like, <laughs> there's that one highlight they kept showing where he took off and scrambled, and like I was like, oh, like it's surprised he didn't get torn towards ACL, man. Like CD, yeah, and that wasn't like a dirty play. Like I, it, it just it was just all bad, man. It was scary. Hey, like, I, I, I know he got asked after the game about it. He was like, I only did it because it was on third down. I'm like, somebody tell this man, I don't care what down it is. It is it's a damn preseason. Right. On one level, you kind of love it because it's like, okay. No, 100%. Like, you could tell he was like, he was trying to win. Like, he was 
he was and, not seeing a preseason game at all. He was like, and, I'm, not, I'm about to win this motherfucking game some kind of way. But, and that's but the thing that I think, at least from Jacksonville's perspective, they've taken the preseason serious as hell. That's why I think it's kind of got to be concerning that they've looked as disjointed and as bad as they looked. I mean, you know, their starting offense has scored a touchdown in two preseason games. I, I, I think they, yeah, they've scored three points. You know, that was that one field goal against the Saints. They had a chance for a second one, but that kicker went from one of the best in the league to bottom 10 overnight, seemingly. So I, it, it, it definitely, I get the impression, like you say, you know, it's a team that, they're trying a bunch of different things, a bunch of new – like, they basically hit the reset button. So, I think probably the expectation should be for them to have looked rough. And, I mean, you know, we see teams every year, you know, look great in preseason, and then, you know, yeah. they suck in the regular season. I think oh, the, yeah. year, the year the Browns went 0-16, I think they won every preseason game. And yeah. then yeah. We, we see teams, you know, like, look like shit in the preseason and then turn it on regular season. I remember in 2017 – the, the the Jaguars they didn't they didn't, they look like a Division two uh, football team in the preseason of 2017. I thought they were I thought they were one and fifteen two and fourteen season coming up. They looked terrible. Yeah, I mean e- even even the defense. I, I remember in the 2017 preseason after two preseason games, I was like, yeah, why the hell did they sign Calais Campbell? He looks you know he looks slow out there. And then you know for for, for whatever reason you know things just changed week one. So I think it's definitely a reason for people to be concerned. But I also think. You know, at the end of the day, you're looking at two weeks in the preseason. You know, let the regular season take shape a little bit. Yeah, no, I agree. Something that stood out to me, and I and I don't have any horse in this race regarding Urban Meyer as a head coach. Something that stood out to me is the whole Marvin Jones thing was just so weird to me. Like he he catches, he caught a pass. He get, I think he converted a third down. He he gets tackled immediately starts grabbing like his shoulder indicating that it was it, it hurt him it, it, you know like he was in pain they take him out the game for a player two and then they put him back in the game a preseason game on a run play and he has to go run block and then he immediately asked to come back and I'm just like and I would ask this if any football team doing this was like what are we doing like that's a starter on your team <laughs> like if he's hurt even minor like a minor injury yeah, why is he going back in the game in the preseason? Like it just, it was just kind of, it just took me aback by like that whole. I mean, that, it for all the for all the things that Urban Meyer has to like adjust to as you know an NFL head coach, which is you know a laundry list of like that like that list goes mile upon mile upon miles. The preseason, like I feel like, is one of the more underrated like things to transition because. This dude has never done anything like it. I mean, I, just, just from my perspective, he he literally seemed like somebody like kicked his dog and he, he literally put it into a car and ran off with it after a preseason loss. Like, I've, I've never seen – like his energy just before that first preseason game was sky high. And two preseason losses later, now he's looking like the Papa John's like meme picture. And I, and I, I really don't think he was prepared for a, you know, a kind of – environment like that where you're trying to win and you're trying to look good but you also need to pull back a little bit you know what I mean right right no yeah it's it's such a fine balance man like it is because you know you even though preseasons don't count like especially if you're like a young you're a a head coach never coached in the NFL you just want to get a win just to kind of prove that look 
I, what we're doing is working. Like all the practicing we're doing, all this, yeah. it's working. There's 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 a reason we're doing this, and here's the the give these the fruit for all your labor. So it, it is really tough. Uh, so I kind of understand his position, especially just coming from the college game. You know, you just have almost an unlimited resources of players to just keep tapping into. Where you know in the NFL is just like man, these dudes getting paid. Yeah. It, you know, just, <laughs> it, I mean, dude, that, that that's another thing, man. You know, they've had a 90 to 80 man roster this whole time. In, in a few days, they're about to be down to 53 people. And, you know, Urban's going to be looking like Will Smith in that last episode of Fresh Prince. Like, you know, where the hell did everybody go, man? <laughs> like, like you, like eight, 90 to 80 man roster, those are what he's used to working with. But a 53 yeah. man roster, I, I generally feel like the 53 man roster and the like, personnel gm type stuff are the two biggest things he has to adjust to and mm-hmm. I, I, I mean so far through the preseason it seems like that's been something you know he has struggled with so I, I i think there's definitely reason for people to be concerned and the thing with urban meyer is he is never ever going to get you know like the benefit of the doubt or people asking no. patient with them because i mean you know for one reason or another urban meyer is probably the most hated coach in in football so yeah, it's funny. It's funny you say that, but it's because it's true. It is. No, dude, he is a like he is a lightning rod. Like I, I, I didn't truly notice it as much as it is until I started covering him. Every time I say he says something, I get replies being like, "Oh damn, here come a heart attack and stuff." Like do you know why? Like, do you know why? Because I don't. I, I watch some college, but I don't follow like college super closely. And I mean, I know, I know, obviously, I know Urban Meyer. I know he coached at, uh, you know, you know, Florida. Yeah. Um, coached at, you know, he coached at uh, Ohio State, of course. You know, and you know, I know he's like super. He's won a lot. Coached a lot of like NFL players, NFL quarterbacks. You know, Tebow, Cam Newton. Um, you know, just he's he's been around a long time. He's in more TV. He's, he knows a bunch of NFL coaches. Belichick, you know, is close with him. Uh, Sean Payton is close with him. Yeah. So, and, you know, I know he, like, ducks out of jobs when things start getting hot. And, you know, start, that, I, think, starts, I think that's what I think you get on it. That's it right there. Like, he just starts getting heart palpitations and <laughs> getting a little stress here. I mean, is that it? Like, what? what is it about? I think that is. I think that's a I, huge factor. I, I think so, because people – Obviously, you know, you talk about reasons to dislike Urban Meyer. The Zach, Zach, the Zach Smith thing to me is like the most like serious one. Like, if you tell me you you dislike you don't respect him because of that, I'm like, oh, I I million percent get that. And even what's the he, Zach Smith? What's the Zach Smith situation? He he basically he he knew of. I, I got to make sure I got my facts straight so I don't implicate myself on here. Uh, but, but basically, um, he knew of Zach Smith having uh, domestic uh, abuse. You know. Uh... Uh, against against his wife and kept them on staff for a little bit. And, oh you know, yeah, 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 yeah. This was like Ohio State, right? Yeah, yeah. This yeah, was like the last right. like couple. This was yeah, like last year or so right. at Ohio State. So like yeah. that, I completely get. But I feel like people hated him even before then. And like you said, I feel like it's the, you know, the leaving jobs and stuff. And I feel like it's the, you know, for better or worse, he's had some longest yards ass type teams, dude. Like he's had some teams where just. Go up and down the roster, man, and you and yeah. it's literally the Wild Wild West. And he, Aaron, I, I feel like Aaron he, Hernandez, the the, yeah, the twins. He he just kind of epitomizes the win at all costs, no matter what thing. And I feel like that rubs some people the wrong way. But I'm I 
I, I mean, I'll truthfully be honest with you, though, other than the Zach Smith thing, which is, you know, abhorrent, I've never understood it as much myself, but I have noticed it since he got hired that damn people hate that. <laughs> also, like, didn't he make, like, just the hire that the Jags had a couple of months ago of a coach oh, that, like... The racist had... coach? <laughs> yeah, or whatever, and then... <laughs> Like, and then they're like, oh, shit. Like, we got to buy that. They got subpoenaed in that court case that Iowa was having against them. So they literally have to be asked, yo, did you fire this racist coach for being so racist that you can't employ him? That is going on an official court transcript. But, like, Urban Meyer signed off on that. You know what I'm saying? Like, he doesn't – I don't have anything for whatever, but, like, he brings some of this, like, most of it upon himself. He definitely does. And I think a big part of that was, and I think his biggest transition when he first got the job was, uh, you know, at Ohio State, he's, he's, you know, the man on campus. You know, nobody at Ohio State is telling Urban Meyer what he can or can't do. But in the NFL, you're just another head coach. Dog. Like, That's you right. are not as important as you were at Ohio State in the NFL. You, you're just not, you know. Like, the players are more important and how they feel is way more important at the NFL level than at the college level. You know, he probably could have hired Chris Doyle at Ohio State. Because, I mean, you, you, you don't have, you know, dudes making more money than you who really decide the success of the right. team willing to, you know, dip out because of it. No, it's crazy. It is funny when you think about it. Because, like, when he would when he used to come to the combine, it's like Ohio State's head coach or whatever, you know, it'd just be a circle of coaches around him. You know, let's, yep. let's, hey, let's talk to Urban Meyer. He was the man, you know. like yeah, and that's, been a, that's been a big thing I've noticed, man. His kids' connections – run deep and that that's that's one reason why i think people being so willing to kind of jump off like the thought that he could succeed is maybe a bit immature because i think if he's actually willing to listen you know to those connections and to the people he knows you know the people like the sean paynes and the belichicks and the jimmy johnsons i i think he is a good enough football coach to figure it out it's just whether or not he gets out of his you know basically own way his own way um one of the Big moves that the Jags made in the in the offseason. They signed cornerback Shaquille Griffin for the Seattle Seahawks. Well, he was a free agent. Um, and I'll be honest, man, we, we've been – I mean, Ryan and I have been Marquez Callaway fans even going back to last season and, and limited snaps and just watching him. And he's, he's – all reports he was just having an amazing training camp. What he did to Griffin on Monday night, like – like he, we saw like a little bit of it when the, the Saints played against the Ravens, the first preseason game. He was going against Marcus Peters. He was going against Marlon Humphrey, making plays against them. But like Shaquille Griffin didn't have an answer for him, and it's like, and I don't know how much you went back in, like you know, all twenty-two to watch the game. But like, what were your just impressions of of that matchup from from Monday when when they played against each other? Yeah, no, definitely. I, well, my two big impressions were that, first of all, I, I think Callaway could be like a legitimately special deep threat, man. Just the way he's able to stack cornerbacks at the line and kind of get that subtle little bit of separation, you know, down uh, further down the field, you know, create a window for the quarterback. I thought, you know, even if Tyson Campbell didn't, you know, put on a blindfold while the ball was in the air and run right at <laughs> the receiver, I feel, I feel like, you know, Shaq Griffin will still beat on that on that pass and that's saying something because he's he's a legit like four three something you know 40 yard guy yeah and then on on the second one you know it, it was honestly more or less the same you know he did a really great job of beating him on the release and creating some space so i i thought callaway looked like a real deal I, I, as for griffin i thought it kind of showed that 
in the Jag scheme, there's basically zero margin for error at the cornerback mm. position because they 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 blitz the house. They do a lot of cover zero stuff, and they play man coverage across the board. And they're telling their corners, you know, basically playing and play out. You have to win these one on ones. And good luck, basically. It, it, exactly, dude. I, I I real I feel like at the NFL level, cornerback position is the hardest position to play, and that's even oh yeah factoring in quarterback and offensive yeah. tackle. I don't see how cornerbacks do it, man, because that yeah. margin of error is so small. And then when you put a guy on an island consistently, it oh, just becomes even smaller. So I, I, I think obviously, you know, concerning, but I think it kind of just showed off in that scheme that if you're not right on the money, you're kind of SOL. And right, Ryan and I, it's funny you say that because Ryan and I have consistently said on this show that playing cornerback in the NFL is the hardest position to play in all sports. Like I, I will die on that hill. It is so <laughs> insanely difficult. To learn, you know, like to learn, no, it's probably not that hard, but like to actually apply what you learn and do it. And like, be yeah. elite at it. Oh it's God, 65 bro. snaps a game and like you get laughed at and pointed at if you just mess up like two plays. <laughs> Man, I, I can't imagine being a cornerback and being like picked on like play in and play out like over and over. Oh. <laughs> I'd be ready to throw my helmet off and and Monte Davis, a few years. yeah, Vernon <laughs> Davis, man, call that out there in the game, man. I'm out. I'm out. What to do? I've seen enough. I'm done. Um, what I have a quick one, and I'll let Ryan go. We're on the cornerback position. I, I feel like Saints Twitter would like, well, I don't know, throw stones at Ryan and I. If we didn't ask you this. So I was in Texas and minding my business, and boom, alert from Jeremy Fowler. C.J. Henderson, he drafted ninth overall last year, making inquiries. And then, you know, obviously the Saints have needed cornerback too. They've been trying to swipe right on J.C. Horn in the top 10. Anyone and everyone to field this number cornerback two position, which now I don't know if they're as concerned about it if they, if that, as they were. But then Jeff Duncan was like, oh, and the Saints reached out to the – so I'm asking the guy who covers the Jags. Yeah. What is like what do you know or the Jags would they be willing to part with CJ Henderson? Like is there anything that let's let's clear it out on the pod so the listeners know and the Saints fans and Jag fans know what the deal yeah. is. All right, well to talk about the CJ Henderson subject it requires, you know, a lot of sensitivity. Uh, I I'm I just, you know, out of complete respect for all involved, I'm not going to go into, you know, full details and everything, but I can say this isn't a situation where a guy is unhappy with where he's playing and he just wants a way out, you know, and this isn't a situation where a team is unhappy with the player either and wants to ship him off. You know, this isn't a Jalen Ramsey or a Yannick Ngakwe. You know, it's never been either one of those, and it's really been far from them, you know, really uh, from the jump. You know, I mean, at, at the end of the day, I'm – firmly of the belief and I've you know every conversation I've had with people inside the building and everything we've seen transpire over the last three weeks there's nothing that makes me think CJ Henderson is actively being shot by the Jaguars I mean especially after you see you know uh, Tyson Campbell and Shaquille Griffin you know struggling like they did on Monday night I don't think you did yeah, I don't think if you're the Jaguars, you can afford to shop a guy like C.J. Henderson. I, I, I'm a great, I agree with you. I think he's their best cornerback. And it's wild because he missed literally like the entire first half of training camp and practiced like twice before that first preseason game. 
and then plays against the Browns and completely shuts down Donovan People Jones, who, yeah, I know he's not Odell or anything like that, but you know, he he he's a he's, he, he's a he, yeah, yeah, he's a good receiver, man. He's a yeah, good receiver. For sure. And so I, I think to be able to do that with pretty much zero practice kind of shows the kind of talent he is. And he's already been worked into the Jaguars starting lineup, which says a lot because they've Harp so much on okay we're only putting guys in that we've seen them accomplish things yeah Yeah. in practice so for him to like he he wasn't given a spot in the like first team defense the first day he got back to practice you know it took him a little bit to get there but once he got it he hasn't given it up and I really don't think that they're interested in trading him just because they need him as that badly and it's not a situation where there's actual any animosity, you know? Like I said, it's not like an Ngakwe situation where the player and the team just legit hate each other and it's a nasty divorce. I I, I think there were some, you know, maybe uh, there were some personal issues and there were things that were keeping Henderson, you know, off from the field consistently, but nothing to the point where I believe the Jaguars were probably thinking, okay, you know, we have to Joe Schobert this guy and trade him for anything we can get for him. Yeah. You know, I I, I, I think they're probably, you know, keeping their options open because I, yeah. I, I just kind of feel like in the NFL, outside of Patrick Mahomes and, you know, Aaron Donald, I, I don't know if there's any player in the NFL who's untouchable for a trade. So right. I'm sure they probably got phone calls on him and probably even made phone calls about him. But I would be surprised if he's traded. But with that said, if he was, I think the Saints, Saints should be all about that. And I say that as somebody – who didn't really like Henderson as a prospect. You know, I had – Oh, I man. Had, all three yeah. of us, bro. All, yeah. All yeah. three of us were not fans of him before, man. Bro, I, I, I thought Jeff Okuda was significantly better. And then oh, I see videos no. of I, – I, y'all see Okuda get juked out from 10 yards yes. away by, like, a oh, Steeler. <laughs> Did, do you do you remember, like, you know, the – is it the Bob McGinn things that come out, like, around the yeah. drive? That yeah, that yeah. year, like, scouts were saying that C.J. Henderson – is like a better player than Jeff Okuda. And I remember all three of us were just aghast. Yeah. Just, like, what? what? Oh, I was like, lying season is yeah. just lying yeah, season. Right? I, I remember like a week before the draft, somebody said like Henderson was a target for teams in the top 10. And it was completely like, you know, shit upon, especially by me. And then, you know, the team I covered <laughs> in that team. But I, after like watching him as a rookie and watching him through preseason and training camp, I do think he's, that actually talented his thing is just staying on the field man yeah yeah just stay just staying on the field I remember it was week one you the only game the Jags won week one last season he pretty much shut down T.Y. Hilton and I was like oh oh um (laughs) it's funny his his only two games of his rookie year I think you probably say are good games were his first and his last game and it, it was against uh T.Y. and Devontae Adams. So, I mean, the, 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 the dude has talent. It just, you know, it's yeah. just about consistency and stuff. So, I don't think he's being shocked. But if he was, I think the, the Saints are one of those teams that should be calling nonstop because I think him and Lattimore would be a deadly combination. Oh. So, what – so, following up with that, this is what I think would make the trade so fascinating and also difficult to figure out is because – you have a player that was drafted ninth overall in the draft the season before. Played some games last season. In those games, he looked really good. He's looked good in, in preseason. What is his value? Like, that's I, that's like, like to me, that's the fascinating piece of it, is what is uh, C.J. Like Sanderson's value? What did the Steelers give up for Minka Fitzpatrick? 
It was the first. Yeah, it was the first. But like Mika, yeah. Mika like had like I think the situation's even a little different because yeah, it is. You know, they this. Yeah, I just don't know how you would evaluate what his value is. Like, what does that sunken cost? We like we the Jack. We invested a ninth overall in him. Right. What would they expect to get back? You know what I'm saying? It, yeah, man, is, no, is, for, the, for the, their perspective, it gotta be gotta start, and we talking to one at the very least, and and more for them. You know what I'm saying? Unless yeah. it just makes no sense just to dump a guy on a rookie contract. Yes, you already like guaranteed like a bunch of money. It's like okay, we let's just see this out. You know, unless we're gonna get like a boatload back, it just only makes sense to just see this out and see how it works. And that's what I feel like their kind of position is. Like, they, there's no reason they should be in any rush to kind of, you know, get rid of him. You know what I mean? Like, even even, even in the case where maybe he's not on the field, they've at least made other investments at the cornerback position to where they don't have all their eggs in the C.J. Henderson basket. And, I mean, from what you know, he hasn't been like a, like a locker room issue causing – No, not, not at all. No, not, not, not at all. No, I mean, he, he's, he's well like the in, inside – Um, Ryan, do you have anything else for, for John? No, no, that's it. The, the one I, I have one more, it's not really probably not an option anymore, but I think things between the Saints and Michael Thomas have gotten better, but the one team that I kept coming back to, if there was ever a Michael Thomas trade, was the Jags. Mm. It, you had... You have Urban Meyer, who Michael Thomas adores. Um, They're both crazy. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, you know, like you tell me, you tell me they love each other. I get it completely. Man. Yeah, they do. He adores Urban Meyer. Like that's his ride or die. And I don't even know what. Again, there's reports out, like you know, Michael Thomas and Sean Payton, kumbaya, and everything is going copacetic and. He's going to get healthy and we'll see things out. But when the shit was coming out, like the drama, which me and Ryan have been all over since last season, the team that just made the most sense to me was Jacksonville. Um, and, it, and I think that kind of comes back to the same thing too, is, you know, let's say things don't work out between the Saints and Michael Thomas and they do ship him out. I don't even know, assuming that he's healthy, right? Because obviously he's injured right now. Yeah. But it's the same thing of like, what is the value for Jacksonville and New Orleans to, if this ever were to happen, what that value would be. It, it would just be interesting to to see what that would be. No, and I think so too. And I think just the fact that the Jacks have Meyer, they'd probably be one of those few teams that would be like, okay, screw whatever the value is. We feel yeah. so strongly about, you yeah. know, that kind of player. My only thing is the actual fit because – Outside DJ Chark, the Jaguars, I mean, they're slow at receiver. I mean, you guys saw it on Monday. Chark wasn't on the field. They were slow as hell in offense. And for as good as Thomas is, I'm not sure how – like, I, I feel like he's probably a better version and a more expensive version than Marvin Jones. But is that really, you know, the prop – like, is that what's going to unlock the Jaguars' offense? You know what I mean? Yeah. No, good point. Yeah, fair point. Fair point. Um, I can see them having a standpoint of – you know, this guy has shown to be, you know, before the, the injury thing last year, consistently like a top five wide receiver in, oh, yeah, for sure. in, the, in the league. And we have a young quarterback. Let's make life easy for him. But, I, but let's, I, go, I, let's go get him like a Larry Fitzgerald type. Just and I, 
I think it's a move everyone would make. I really do. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, without I, question. I, 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 I don't think it's always something that, you know, anybody would be like, oh, that's, you know, just doesn't seem like, like, no, that seems a million percent because he has emphasized relationships a ton with the players that they brought in, you know, whether it's him or his assistants or even people he's coached before who know these guys. So, I mean, he, he, I, I can't, like, if Michael Thomas was a free agent, you know, tomorrow, I guarantee I'm going to be willing to drop, like, you know, 80 million or whatever. The bank. The bank. Yeah. 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 That's, that's interesting. There's something to stick a pin in. I don't think nothing's happening this year, but I would just, I would stick a pin in it because I yes. don't think everything's resolved yet. Bookmark it. Just, just, just bookmark it. We'll, we'll see if those, those, uh, you know, conjoint counseling sessions between Sean Payton and Mike Thomas <laughs> are going to work. But if they don't, we might have to, we might have to have you back on and, and talk about if the Saints and Jacks make a trade. I mean, they traded Malcolm Brown to the Jags recently, so obviously they have a relationship, you know, in terms of the team. So. We just wanted to get you on. Thank you for so much for coming on, John. Uh, yeah, of I course, appreciate man. you. Appreciate you not big time in us. I remember two years ago when the Saints played the Jags, there was like you did like a pod and you didn't ask us to come on. But it's okay. I'm not going to hold that against you. Just, just... Hey, I, hey, hey, personal growth. But again, man, I appreciate, I appreciate you. it, man. Um, so if you want to follow John on Twitter, it's, it's underscore John underscore Shipley, right? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, so follow John on Twitter. Even if you're not a Jags fan, John's work is amazing. Um, I, I mean, I've known John for, for a long time and continue your, your career growth, man. We want to continue to see you succeed and, and reach and reach heights, man. Keep it up. Keep grinding. Hey, hey, I appreciate that, man. Thank, thank you guys for having me on. I, I, I mean, it says something, you know, I, somebody in Jacksonville that I regularly listen to a Saints podcast. So I appreciate it, y'all. No, man, we appreciate you too, man. So with that, we're going to get out of here. We're going to have this up. Um, Fantasy Football League is completely set. It's full. Um, draft is tomorrow, uh, 6 p.m. Pacific time. Ryan, oh. please be on time. Oh, shit. <laughs> please be on time. With that, we're out. Peace. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.